Well, hello there. This is Jim the Keys Bartender with the Keys Bartender Podcast here in Key Largo, a podcast about bartending and life in general. Well, I did speak that uh, previously on previous episodes that we had. uh, It's the end. It's Sunday today. I'm making this recording. So it's a little over two days, three days since the end of lobster mini season, the short season they give for uh, individuals to get in the water, get their Caribbean lobsters, uh, six per person per day, uh, prior to the opening of the commercial season. And uh, like I said previously, it's supposed to do something, I know. I don't know what the purpose is, supposedly it's, it's for... Uh, restaurants and and hotels and motels and things like that, but we do, we don't really see. Uh, actually, you know, during this the season, we had some of our slowest times in the restaurant I've seen all this year. It's, it, it seemed like on uh, on Wednesday and Thursday we had we had our locals, we had some visitors in in town, but it was. Uh, really a snooze fest kind of akin to our peak September October uh, beginning of November slow season during the peak of the hurricane season which is there's activity in the well I guess people that on another note we are keeping our eye open for that and we'll do another show when something comes closer to us there's some developments in the Caribbean basin right now but today I wanted to talk about the uh, I'm going to finish up about the lobster mini season so it was slow for Wednesday and Thursday and then Friday we had a very busy night and we had a very good night last night uh, fun. We had live music, and it was a good time. Segwaying into that, I have this tendency about jobs and working at a place. And I, there's an old adage. It's familiar, familiar, familiarity. God, I get rid of the drinking, but I still have the slurring going on. Right? Yeah. Well, that's always going to happen. So familiarity breeds contempt. And for me, I I have, this is something you hear repetitive, but once I get used to something, I get this kind of blase attitude. And sometimes I can either become somewhat uncaring, thoughtless, or even downright negative about the things I'm doing if I get too used to it. It's, it's kind of weird now because if I if I download an app on my phone and if I find out I'm doing a lot of spend a lot of time on that, I can get hooked to, to it real quick playing a game or an activity. And I'll notice it and I said, boy, this is t- taking entirely too much of my time. I'm wasting my time doing this or what binge watching a show. I'll just drop it. So why am I watching this? I should be doing stuff. I got things I can do, right? And or, like I said, I can have a negative view of something. If I find that it's something just 
not necessarily just taking up my time, but something I'm come used to. Something that's not a challenge anymore. I think that happens with works, with works, with my whatever I'm, my job is at the time. If I become too skilled or adept, and I start having extra energy to start focusing on things, my mind will work out a way to make it aggravating or negative. Think about it. It's 168 hours a week. If you're working, you work a full-time job, let's say that's 40 hours, but there's getting ready. Not everyone, just because you're working a 40-hour week doesn't mean you're in work 40 hours. You could be in work 50 hours, 60 hours, depending on your overtime and stuff like that. And there's getting ready for work. And there's when you're home thinking about work. Right? That's a lot of time. It's a quarter of your time just for, it's a little less than a quarter if you just take strictly 40 hours. And then there's stuff you do at home and it's contacting people and checking your emails. If you're not doing all your work in work, it bleeds into your other areas of your life. And for me, and I'm going to talk about me because I don't know. I mean, it's selfish. It's a selfish thing. But I don't know. Some people don't have that difficulty, but I know it's a commonplace thing for people to get bored with their jobs and get aggravated. And, you know, I hate Mondays. Thank God it's Friday. And there was a movie called Office Space where the main character, it was a comedy, the main character gets hypnotized by a uh, hypnotherapist to think when he went into the work, he wasn't working. And in the restaurant business, you know, it's nice to see a professional doing what they like and uh, as, you know, especially a bartender there making drinks, doing it, being professional, being fun, being uh, receptive to people. And I'm, I can do that. I am built for that. But at one point, sometimes I get a little negative, especially on the weekends when I know it's going to be busy. Because you're, I'm ex, have an expectation that I'm going to be slammed. I'm going to have doing stuff I don't like. Uh, there's going to be unreasonable requests and things like that. And I started noticing. I started getting anxious before I went into work. Not wanting to get into work. I'm an early 10 minutes. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That's just my idea right there. I'm not the owner, so I don't have to decide that. But I like to be uh, before and I'm, it's not for a kiss ass thing. I just don't like rushing. I like to be there, get ready, do my stuff, and not be hit with stuff. So I can always have that little buffer. Like when I show up for work, I can go. If I'm ten minutes early and they need me, then I'm in there. I'm ready to go. But um, I'm there to do some prep work for myself. Some, and when I say ten, ten's the minimum. But I want to be there kind of satisfactory, you know, be satisfied, content. So when I go there thinking at my job negatively about my job, thinking about a coworker or regular that I decide annoys me and I decide to become anxious before work, I think about tasks that I decide is cumbersome or beneath me, uh, like I said before, a request that I decide is unreasonable, a job that I decided has become tedious. So what's the, um, I could go on forever with this 
list, and especially with bartending, you think about it, you can think about the way your place is designed, you can think about problems you have with certain equipment, s- suppliers, that the list goes on and on. And the brain is a powerful thing. And my, uh, my brain does it. It'll just create these things. But what is the commonality of this? I decided, my brain decided that these things are going to bother me. And I've been doing this for years, not just bartending, any job. Once I get, I'm always looking for something little new. It's like new relationships too. But I'm going to move that to the second half. I want to talk about work. You know, doing well at work, being content and happy and satisfied sounds like, that sounds like corporate mantra that you'd hear from Exxon, Global, uh, Apple. You know, we want, we want our workers to be content. We want them to be happy. And a lot of people say, well, that's bullshit. They don't care about, well, you do want, I do want to be happy. I do want to be content. I, I don't want to be spending a quarter of my life doing something. That, but every job, no matter where I've been, my brain has decided to put up this barrier and this thing that's going to be sh- sure as hell it's going to bug the hell out of me. It's going to make sense. You're not going to be happy with this. You're, you're going to be unhappy. You're not going to have a good time. You, when you get stressed out, you're going, to get, you're going to get snappy. You're going to get hungry. Blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. And I think, wow, I, I started realizing it. And part of it is talking to you guys that um, I got to come clean. I got to come clean. And when I'm coming clean, I'm saying I'm still, I'm still not drinking. I'm doing great with that. But in my head, I'm behaving the same way. I'm talking all these good things, but why not put them into action? So recently I just started deciding, I said, you know, I just want to, I'm, I'm, I was trying meditation, thinking all those things, but it's mainly a decision about small things for me. And like I said, this works for me. So I decided, I said, I'm going to think positive about work. I'm not going to think negative about work. When I go into work, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be smiling. And uh, the more I smile, uh, recently, I had uh, one of my patrons who comes in every so often. Uh, her name's Lisa. And I think she's a listener of a show too. Um, she said to me, you know, when you smile, your body starts um, manufacturing those things that make you feel good, endorphins. And, 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 and it starts, you trick yourself. You're tricking yourself. I'm being a little happier. And I say, you know what? That's you know. I and in the, in the end, she caught me when I was kind of stressing about the job, and a lot of it has to be with being tired. So I got to show up ready. So we can't. I tell my uh, same thing for bartending as is being a pilot and stuff like that. When you show up for work, we are have different abilities on different days. We're more ready to handle things and stuff like that. So when we're well-rested and energetic and things like that, we're able to 
put that force of will behind us. And I'm able to put that force of will behind me. And I can say, I'm going to be happy. When I get a coworker who uh, somewhat annoys me, I'm going to think of a compliment to give them and thank them for something. I'm going to go out of my way to thank them for doing something. And the same thing goes for a patron, a regular and stuff like that. Instead of looking for things that annoy me about that person, I'm going to think about the things that I appreciate. I appreciate your loyalty. There's one. I appreciate your loyalty for showing up here all the time. I appreciate that you're predictable and ordering the same drink. I appreciate you're very supportive of me and all that stuff. And then when you think it, I'm already doing it. And then I look for new things, new things from them. Not that that, their voice always sounding the same. There was a woman, her voice is always monotone. The voice always sounds like it's going to be slightly negative. But when she came in, I said, oh, I see your hair. You had your hair done and stuff like that. It looks nice and stuff like that. How are you today? Blah, blah, blah. And just that thing just put me in a different, because I was looking for something different. Instead of looking for that one thing that's going to annoy me. And I made a decision and I said, And I guess that conscious decision in my head that I'm going to see this a bit different work. And I'm not being a corporate shill because why wouldn't you want to be happy at work? If your point, obviously, if your goal is to be unhappy, then being unhappy in work will get you towards your goal. And uh, just just remember that In 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 the bar and restaurant business, it's if you've been to multiple places, you've been unhappy the same way, but for different reasons, it may be that it's possible you're not cut out for the bar and restaurant business. But there could be a could be a possibility that no matter what you do, eventually you will get denuded or habitually unhappy and habitually discontent. Now, if your employee or direct manager or coworkers are intent on making sure that you're unhappy, meaning they, they may not say so blatantly, I just want you to be unhappy, but their behavior could lead to, but you got to think there, is it real behavior? You know, it's like, is that their objective? You can ask them and say, listen, if you can do it, because if you're unhappy, it doesn't matter. You should leave if it's because someone's, uh, that has the power to make you unhappy, can make you unhappy, and that's one quarter of your life, yeah, you should think about moving another jerk, uh, job. Jerk, jerk, I guess that's a Freudian slip. So, yeah, there, you can't do anything if, if you're working with an owner and a boss that is going to be terrorizing you or making you unhappy. But in most cases, they're not like that. Most cases are just being the way they are. And if you ask them and say, do you want me to be content and happy at work? Most of them would say yes. Especially in the bar and restaurant business. If they say no, I don't really care. <laughs> I'll tell you right then, it's, you should be looking for another job. And then when it comes to the patrons or regulars, if someone's stated goal is to cause disruption, make you unhappy and, and do things, it's time for them to go too. But most of them aren't like that. They're there for camaraderie and stuff like that. And for those errant patrons that come in every so often 
and you find out and then they're, you know, they're just agents of turmoil. Yeah, they're not, you're not going to see them again, most likely. In a tourist place, you won't. But that, that's it. And it's very important that once you can think about these things, think about my plan for me, when I think about my plan, and I'm suggesting this is a possibility for you, it's because obviously if it doesn't work, I am not, I'm not beholden to this theory, but I am beholden to the ideas of something that works to, for me. And me talking about it and doing it helps. So I, t- I, t- I, take, I try to take some of the negativity out there. I start thinking of all the great things that I really like about work. I go into work and say, you know what? I got a lot of people that care about me and like me. And they come to see me. And they're happy when they see me. And they want to see me doing well. And they care about me. And that gets me going. That really gets me going. And then I think, I say, boy, that makes me happy. I'm around people that support me. And it just changes it for me. It just changes the whole thing. And it does. It makes, why not, if you're behind the bar, be happy and content with what you're doing. If you're not, get a different job. If, if you try all these things and you can't be happy, move on. And obviously, one of the things about not being happy, I told you, I don't know how I'd feel if I was drinking right now because I had a drinking problem. And being a bartender, for me, in my head, doesn't, isn't about drinking or not drinking. And that's me. I know that's crazy. So if you do have issues with substance abuse and stuff like that, this may not be the business for you either. Okay? Let's segue into the private life. So this type of behavior that I've been trying to do, I try to put into my private life. And in your private life, and when you're home, you know, you get that bleed from work sometimes. You know, you got to do what you got to do in, in order to stay, you know, you got to earn your paycheck and get your, you know, make money to live. But besides that, you have to have a private life. And the same thing goes for that. I mean, if you're endeavoring, if the behaviors you're committing in your private life, the behaviors you habitually perform, if they're not providing you with contentment and long-term satisfaction, maybe you should think about changing them. Well, I know that I want to be happy, supportive, and loving for my family and friends around me. If I can't do that and all I'm doing is bitching about what I talked about previously about work, but also about my health, about the general state of affairs of the world, about your neighbors, about the weather, about your dog, you know, oh, well, I mean, there, there are tons of things I realize to be happy about. First of all, being alive. Second of all, living where I live. Now, not, I'm not ranking them because then I can go, I have a love of a beautiful woman and a lovely daughter. And it extends out with my rest of my family and friends that care about me very much as people that care about me really much, uh, a, a lot.
and they wish me well. That's great. And I'm reasonably healthy. That's a good thing. And I live in a time in history where we have so many benefits in communication, knowledge, uh, conveniences, travel, medical technology. I mean, I could, like I said before, I can go on forever. Entertainment choices. I can read. I can look at streaming television. I can go to an IMAX theater. I can go to a concert. I can listen to music on my earphones. I can talk to Alexa. Talk, well, that's kind of bleeds over to, uh, I guess, technology. I'm repeating myself. And there's all the activities I enjoy doing. Like this. I love talking to you guys. You know? Now, it may not be all gold, all pearls of wisdom, but these are things that I do to up uh, that enthusiasm level in my life. It is. It is. And if you listen, if you're listening to podcasts, reading a book, watching Yellowstone, I don't watch Yellowstone, but, you know, there's people coming in and talk about it and they smile. Or listening to uh, some country. I don't listen to country music that often. But if that makes you happy, that's a satisfaction too. You should be happy about that. Now, take with a grain of salt the substances you need to put in your body to make you happy. Right? Don't do that. Don't, Don't tie the results that you have to have that thing to make you happy because the thing that makes you happy is uh, the happiest and the longest lasting. It's something that takes no kind of outside input. It's an inside job. It's a decision like you did before about work, about your life. And I do realize there are things that happen in life that cause us to step back and there are little hiccups on things that happen. The hiccups on things that happen, that, that straight line of satisfaction in life, you get your dips. If, it, if you're looking at, let's say, it's a graph and horrible things happen. Horrible things happen in life. But they don't, and horrible things have happened in your past. You can reflect on them every so often. But you can also reflect on the possibility, I had some horrible things happen, and I am reasonably happy today. That's a resilient thought. That is an empowering thought, saying, you know, I, I have, I could choose if I take everything, and some people have more weightier negativity, uh, negative events that occur in their life, let's say tons of them. And I won't go into a list of those things that could happen. But they end up being a happy person. Nelson Mandela was in prison by the South African government for years for being opposition to the apartheid regime. regime. He was in prison. And he was, um, you know, isolated, imprisoned, tortured. For years, decades, and eventually was released. And afterwards, he chose to forgive 
because he decided he didn't. I mean, I imagine his decision, and I should I should really read more on this. But those negative things that had occupied his life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for years on years and years did not change that he was happy towards the end of his life when he became the president of a reborn South Africa. And instead of setting up courts to uh, uh, punish the perpetrators of and the people that kept apartheid going, he set it up as a reconciliation. Now, they wanted to talk about what happened, but they were going to talk about forgiveness and moving on. He came up with that. And instead of being embittered the rest of his life, he's going to be remembered as the father of his country and the man that chose forgiveness over retribution. And that goes on forever. I mean, as long as we remember, as long as, you know, as long as there's someone around to remember that. We could do that in our own lives. Right? No matter how long, I'm not going to say you're in a horrible relationship, horrible marriage, horrible home, uh, uh, brutalized in a conflict or through circumstances, not of your initiation, all those things. But you can, if in the moment you have all the criteria to be satisfied and content, if you have the food, the housing, you're free, you're not in prison, below all those things, right? And even in prison, you know, I'm saying in extreme circumstances, there are people in prison that are content. The, you know, the, some people are in prison for things that aren't horrible. They were more like, uh, there's... Uh, things you know, not non-violent uh, offenders, and there's violent offenders to see their their uh, error, their ways. But it's not about prison. It's just about moving on and seeking that point from here forward. Because if the decisions was going to be made, if you lived a unhappy life, and your decision is, well, I don't see any reason why to change what I'm doing now. Well, you're, you're definitely going to get that. You're going to be unhappy. But if you make the decision that, you know, you lived a very unhappy life, that you would be happy, there's a possibility of being happy. The, one of my favorite characters in, in, in a recent movies, the last 12, 13 years, Silver Linings Playbook, Bradley Cooper. His character's name was Pat. Pat Solitano. And he said, you know, if I had the possibility of a silver lining, I'm going to say, of a good, a good outcome, that's what we're going to strive for. You're going to do all your best for that. And why not? Make that decision. Drop that rope of uh, resentment, holding on things in the past. That's, that's there. It happened. But it's not real now. There could be the, the results of them could still be real, but your your way you think about what's going on now can be different. Can be to drop those things. 
right now. That's what I try to do. I did that today because I was sitting there watching TV. I'm pointing. <laughs> Here I am. I'm pointing at stuff. With I'm in an audio media right here, an audio medium, and I'm pointing at stuff that's making me happy. But I was pointing at my TV. I'm watching um, I, one of my favorite shows, Mindhunter. I love that show. It's about the uh, creation. It's a dramatization. A dramatization. Dramatization. I think that's the way to pronounce it. Once again, problem with the pronunciation. Not letting it bother me, though. It's a dramatization of the FBI's uh, behavioral sciences or serial killer section in the basement in Quantico, Virginia, of their headquarters, right? Of their training facility. So, and it goes through the creation. And it, yeah, obviously, it, 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 I was saying it does what a series does to paraphrase the development of it. But there's personal. It's a perfect mixture of private life and what they were doing. So it wasn't all private life. It wasn't, you know, but they were talking about a science, talk some of the serial killers and all that stuff. So it was such a mix. And I said, boy. Why is it I get contentment out of that? I don't get contentment out of true crimes, hearing about murders and stuff like that. I like seeing the different lives. They, these guys are dealing with the worst people. Uh, main characters are two men and the head of the section is a, uh, a female. And they're dealing with the worst people, the worst activities, and they're also having their private lives that are satisfactory. And they can have, they can smile at work while they're doing it too. Weird. It's a weird way to live your life and stuff like that. I kind of show your decisions to be satisfied and content and or happy. God forbid, happy. Um, Is it possible? And I know it's fictionalized, but it's a concept, and concepts can be practiced. And lastly, a lot of times around the world, in different cultures and stuff like that, you see people lead with smiles. And sometimes people say, you know, these people smile too much. And, you know, when you smile too much, you look like an idiot. You look like you, you might be crazy, mentally deficient, one of those things. But if smiling creates fertile ground for those good ideas, smile away, grin. Whistle. Whistle while you work. Whatever. Whistle while you work. Do all those things when you go to the gym. I know people like that. They go out and they, they talk. Uh, they walk the walk and talk the talk. Or talk the talk and walk the walk. They talk with enthusiasm and happy and stuff like that. You know, and, you know, we have to gird ourselves for the hard times. We have to gird ourselves and be resilient for that. But... There's no reason why we can't just be that exuberant, happy thing. I know. I just had two bagels and a cup of coffee. Why Why am I this content? Because, you know what? I thought about it and I wrote it down. I talked to you about it today. And I think I did it. I think why? I think I told you what I was thinking. Now, whether that helps you or not, that's another thing. But I hope you do. I do. I really do. I mean, it's it's such a nice thing to realize that uh, you can share something with someone 
And it does alleviate, if it does alleviate some uh, pain and suffering, that's great. I mean, I don't know if that's the Buddhist uh, thing or not, but alleviating suffering is a great, or discomfort or whatever you want. It's such a great goal in life. Uh, well, this is Jim, the Keys bartender. Hope you got something out of this podcast. I will be back again. Have a great day.